and something in the dirt, two neighbors document consistent paranormal activity in their apartment building. The film comes from the same directing duo behind The Endless, Spring and Synchronic. So let's see how their latest low budget effort fares. Welcome, everyone, to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. And are those triangles I see over the face of the co-host? Who is David? I come in peace. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. It's the Science Fiction Movie Podcast. We are here today to talk about Something in the Dark, which we will start spoiler-free on, and we'll give you a warning before we go into spoilers. Uh, before yes. we get started, I'll just mention that you can, of course, like the video on YouTube. It helps a lot if you do that, so hit the button. And you can also support us over at patreon.com slash TV and get some bonus shows and stuff. I'll tell you more about that at the end of the show. But Something mm -hmm. in the Dark is from the directing duo of um the names uh, justin Moorhead. benson and aaron moorhead who have made yes. several films together and we've done a few of them on ace actually obviously pre-david but uh we did the yep. endless and we did their sort of more mainstream film with anthony mackie uh, and that was called synchronic um okay very interesting pair and this is them back to sort of their low budget indie roots it's almost entirely those two that are in the movie as actors in this one uh, they're both directing, one of them wrote the movie, and it's hard to kind of give a plot synopsis of this, but I will do my best to give a, a brief idea. As I can't wait to see this. This is Levi has moved into a new apartment in LA, and he befriends neighbor John. John notices a weird optical illusion of sorts inside mm -hmm. Levi's apartment, which also has some weird mathematical uh, like things written on one of the closet doors. They decide to make a documentary about this phenomena and theorize over the course of the film what might be causing it. That'll do. <laughs> I guess that's fair. I, think I that, feel like, yeah, it, it works. I think that sums up the, the feelings on it, or sums up the synopsis. Mm -hmm. It's not my feelings. We've not got to my feelings yet. We'll <laughs> get there in a second. very cold and calculating. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Uh, but uh, I'm going to take a leap here and say this is the first movie you've seen by these two. Uh, looking at their filmography, yes. I I am not familiar with anything. It does appear that they are doing a lot of work on Loki Season 2. Yes, yes, I've heard that. I did do Loki Season 1. I haven't yet started Season 2 yet, though. But, yeah, no, I, I'm not <laughs> familiar with that at all. Because it's the polar opposite of, like, this type of movie. is like a Marvel yeah. show. But, yeah, uh, they're getting paid, I guess. So... We we'll get into everything, but we'll start spoiler free, as I said. So I guess uh, we'll 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 get into this, and we'll we'll see how we feel about it. David, what did you think of something mm. in the dark? I liked it, but my biggest problem here is that I don't know if I can say why I liked it so much without just getting into wild spoilers. <laughs> so I think that it is a very well done movie. It is a documentary style the whole way through it is made to feel like these people are you know crafting this documentary about the events as they unfold but there is parts of it where it makes you question like what parts of it are outside the documentary which parts are in the documentary which parts are just completely made up which parts are totally true i feel it's... like i would argue that it isn't because obviously i know those are the interview segments that are clearly part of the documentary mm -hmm. that are spliced in but everything else feels like it's just what was happening right however and again spoilers are a main thing i'm trying to avoid here okay. but like there's plenty of parts in here where they specifically tell you that like they filmed specific parts that we already saw so they had to have been parts of the documentary because they talk about them as parts of the documentary. It's very self-referential in that way. Either way, I enjoyed it the whole way through. I thought it was very funny. I thought it had a lot of uh, mm. good little... It's not like jokey funny, but it's kind of this darker humor that's permeating the whole thing. And I think it left with some really interesting messages at the end as to like what actually may have happened and how you're supposed to interpret the themes. But I, I'll get more into that with spoilers, but all that to say, thumbs up. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm a bit more mixed on this one. All right. Uh, it's, uh, 
so the endless was this interesting movie that was very low budget and it felt like it had a really cool sci-fi concept and it was a bit rough around the edges but i kind of really appreciated what it was trying to be and that kind of thing synchronic i think was a was a little bit better again it was kind of this cool interesting sci-fi concept but with a bit more of a a polish to it you know a more well-known cast and Mm. clearly more of a more of a budget behind it this is back to low budget territory it's back to them just sort of doing something with nothing almost uh you know most of the movie there's a few i mean there's a few locations they go to but for the most part we're in an apartment and we're we're just kind of messing around there i think this is like it's kind of knocking on the door of the type of like speculative science fiction i like which is there's just these weird details that people start paying attention to and they're going to investigate and theorize about them Mm-hmm. But it's a very fine line to walk where you kind of just go into indirific territory where mm. you've got characters spouting absurd philosophy as if it's really great dialogue. And then we have to kind of, I don't know, like so, some of the monologues in this where they just sort of tangent into, woof, it's this that's happening. And they start, you know, and they'll do, this movie's constantly got this thing where it'll do cutaways to either historical footage or old home movie footage mm-hmm. or like in some cases like recreate like at one point someone mentions the end of the world and there's a shot like the end of terminator 3 where there's nuclear bombs yeah. going off all over the planet yeah <laughs> so they're, they're talking about different forms of apocalypse and yeah. they keep on showing things like here's the ebola virus here's nukes here's like plague yeah. and famine and but see that's the part i actually like there because it's i've seen documentaries like that i've seen things and they're just making fun of them the whole way through that's what i was getting out of it at least yeah i just i think it was a lot of there was a lot of flashing lights Mm -hmm. but i was feeling a little light on the substance for me as i was watching it i get it i understand what you're saying and i absolutely like agree but i also think that that's kind of the point of it if that makes sense because of the thing that they're making fun of is these kinds of documentaries where there's this like crazy thing that these it's essentially a hunting bigfoot documentary sort of thing where there's this crazy paranormal thing going on something they can't explain and so they have to dress it up with all this flash and polish but in the end it's still just the end of the movie for bigfoot stuff is like turns out bigfoot is still not found like shock and all who would have thought yeah and that's not exactly how this movie goes because it plays with it a bunch of different ways but it's that's that that's what i feel the entire point of the movie is is it's taking these sort of QAnon sort of conspiracy theory stuff and it's just saying like here's all this insane like you were saying the philosophical monologues that they were going on they none of them make sense together and that's the whole point is that they're just throwing whatever out and hoping that like something resonates because i've seen things that do that exact same method of justification and i get that but i also had to listen to it for two hours almost and I don't think it necessarily makes ah, for a compelling through line, scene to scene uh, transition. I think maybe like a, a couple of more redrafts to sort of tighten it up and get it to be more of. Ah, a, I can see that. Yeah. I did think it, there was a part in this where it did drag yeah. a decent amount, but I didn't. I didn't atone that to the philosophical stuff. There was one point where they were actually battling back and forth of like a few different philosophical things, and every time one of them would say something, another one would say like, "Oh, but what about this?" And the point that I realized that it was all just supposed to be made up and I wasn't supposed to care about any of it is one of us says like, ah, but you're forgetting one thing. Cats. And I'm like, all right, that's just, it's a funny line. I'm good with that. Yeah, I think um, it's one of those things where it almost might have benefited from being more a straight up mockumentary. Mm, right yeah with them making the thing and like actually saying they're insane as, as if these characters actually believe it kind of thing uh mm. which I, I mean i guess they do in a sense in this movie because that's also true but it presents yeah. it as such a straight kind of indie art house movie that has these spliced and interview segments and then interview segments aren't too frequent they're they're like I would say that other mockumentary style movies have them a lot more often than this movie does. This this movie will go a solid yeah. ten minutes, and then you'll get a, a you know thirty seconds of an interview, and then it'll be ten more solid minutes of just the story 
playing out. Mm. And I think it's a little bit open to interpretation if you are seeing the documentary they made or if you're seeing the real events because there's a there's like one brief sort of thing toward sort of about two thirds in that shows you a glimpse of an alternate version of something. And I think it's actually open to interpretation if that's a glimpse of the real thing and everything we've been seeing is the recreation, right? Or if that's the that was just the 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 glimpse of the recreation, but everything we've been seeing is the the, the real events. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, there's a there's a point at this like beginning of the movie where they're essentially talking about the title of it they're yeah. trying to figure out what the title of the movie is going to be and it takes you know it's thrown up there and then they forget about it and then about two-thirds in they bring it back and say actually i thought of a name something in the dirt and it's like so this is it this is the documentary that's the way that i that's what you assume read that. that line said yeah i think do what i think is it's almost like a i'm i'm probably just like it probably is and i'm double meta-ing myself because to <laughs> me when you get the glimpse of the alternate version of something, because one of the, this is not really a spoiler actually, so one of the key mm. things that happens right away with this sort of like phenomena is that this crystal looking thing, which they kind of use as an ashtray, but it's it's just a sort of crystal lump, uh, yeah. is floating, right? That's one of the first mm-hmm. things that happens, other than some, some lights that are bouncing off it. There's a bit of a floating thing. And yep. you see an alternate version of this later on, and the alternate version you see later on is more like this glob of like, uh cg liquid going right and to me because it looked like cg i went oh this is the recreation this is why they hired a vfx artist because that's one of Mm -hmm. the points to bring up so to me that indicated that that was the fake thing now that i'm thinking back on it though i'm almost thinking well maybe they were suggesting that that was more magical looking so that's the real one and all the other stuff where it's like oh no we just made this crystal thing like float on a string maybe yeah but i just i don't know my brain went to no the cg one's the fake one like, the, mm. like that's just how my brain w- interpreted that I, t- I took it as the cg one is the first pass and what we see throughout the video the movie that we're presented is the final like everything after it's been completed okay okay uh i, I mean i think that's fair i think it's very easy to assume that everything in this movie's fake <laughs> yeah well here's the here's the biggest problem i have in when i was thinking about how to talk about this movie is that if i go into it with an analytic eye, if I go in and being like, what do I think actually really happened here? And what what was true? What was fake the whole time? It's just the people from the movie. Like, you're just doing the exact same thing that they were doing, of like <laughs> overanalyzing these things, and it becomes meta on a whole nother level that I just cannot handle. Yeah, it kind of makes a lot of what they're talking about in the movie meaningless, although there's there's maybe some th- nuggets you can take out there's definitely themes to this movie oh yeah uh which it's kind of weird because it, it it feels like it's almost like not necessarily meshing up with what the actual like because like you say we're, we're saying this is do- doing this thing where it's almost parading these types of documentaries about all these things that have meaning but don't really right mm-hmm. and instead there is themes in here where clearly the film is talking about addiction it's talking about these two guys who both suffer from addiction in different ways whether or not yeah. they were admitting it or not. Um, and because you know, they're constantly drinking, they're constantly smoking, they're constantly like, it's a constant thread that's there throughout. And you get the idea that this, uh, this uh, phenomena they're investigating is the new addiction. It's like f- feeding mm-hmm. into all of their other things. But I almost feel like analyzing it that way feels kind of weird because if I'm thinking about everything I'm seeing as being just a recreation that they're ma- effectively making up, I, mm-hmm. like, does it almost invalidate how I'm like, analyzing the characters when they're right. a recreation I, I don't know it's, it's kind of weird yeah this movie has a lot of levels like that in addition to the um addiction stuff it also i think this primary focus here uh as we come to learn more about the characters is essentially one of them is just full-blown conspiracy theorist like he's always looking for something bigger to believe in and he goes back and like tries to justify everything as part of this larger plan sort of thing and then the other character is much more of a screw up, much more of like a laid back, go with the flow kind of guy. And he's more so a part of this just as to not rock the boat, essentially. So it's just two people who get meshed up into this crazy paranormal phenomenon simply because one of them is really into it and the other one has nothing better to do. Yeah. I do wonder if um, it would work a bit better for me 
if at least for a little while it felt like a real thing that was interesting to investigate and then maybe mm. it turned over the course where you realize oh no the movie tricked me into caring about this thing but i think right from the word go the thing that they're looking at and investigating is so vague and <laughs> like just not right. like there's there's so, there's so little driving force to it that I almost think it would have made a better point if it sort of lured us in by saying, oh, no, it doesn't, isn't this actually intriguing? And then as mm-hmm. the movie goes on, you realize, oh, they're, 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 just, they're, they're, just, they're just crazy. They're, they're just talking about yeah. something that's not really important. Well, that's what I think the whole point as we get further into the movie is how unfocused it really is. Like, we open up with this thing of the crystal floating in the air, and then we get into deeper things of, like, secret societies and numerology and like magnetism and all this extra stuff and by the time that we hit like close to the third act even the characters are realizing like we may have too many threads going on here this might be a bit too much in terms of breadth where we haven't actually really answered the thing of why is this thing floating in the first place yeah everything sort of moved away from that yeah so yeah, I feel like we have to say spoiler warning because I don't know yeah. I don't know how else to talk about any of it. And even to be honest, I even know how to talk about it in spoilers, really. Right, exactly. Uh, uh, it's such a it's like seven levels of meta and then it's just a confusing plot overall because it's built to be confusing. Yeah, it's it's built to sort of ricochet around, so there's not really a good through line. Like I think there's a through line mm. in the character progression and like how they feel about each other to begin with and how one sort of gradually distrusts the other one. Like, I think you can sort of throw mm. line that quite well, but the actual events and the weird events and all the things they're talking about in theories, that stuff mm. is just kind of randomly interspersed oh, yeah. for the most part. So, mm. yep, yeah, I mean, spoilers for something in yeah. the dark. You've been, you've been war and... Maybe, if we can even spoil this movie. I mean, okay, so... I think because the the ending is like, okay, one of these guys disappeared and died, right? Yes. And I mean, it's more specific than that, but I'm just saving that until we talk about the ending. Uh, Right. So, which means the documentary effectively has been done or at least finished by the other guy, right? So, so Mm -hmm. John, who's the conspiracy nut, it turns out, is the one who's still alive and seemingly has finished the documentary and has hired multiple editors and a VFX artist and whatever else to get this thing done but what's interesting to me is that the narrative of the characters in the story does make him look like the crazy one it does make him look like he's the conspiracy theorist who believes in the the wild stuff Mm -hmm. uh and it's so i'm like well if he's the one doing this then it feels weird that he's letting it be so unflattering but i suppose at the same time he's quite happy to put in all the stuff about levi's criminal past and all those things as yeah. well. So it's it's, it's, it's an interesting well, there was, dynamic. There was a point about halfway through where we meet the fact that he has brought on an external editor. Like, he was the one that was editing the movie up to a point. And then he brought in someone else, and they said that he... The editor was encouraged by John to essentially provide a counterpoint. He wants him to, you know, balance it out and not just make it purely his views. But then over the course of this, yeah, we get in like six or seven editors before the entire thing is said and done. So it's kind of just this rough mess of probably all overseen by John when it's all said and done and makes him the guy whose viewpoint more so comes through than uh, Levi's. Yeah, because I mean, the the ending of this is that Levi's getting ready to leave the city and he's been saying that since the start but he's kind of stayed longer than he meant to to sort of be a mm-hmm. part of this documentary and he you know the, the night before he, he disappears the, the, you know, there's, the there's more floating in the apartment you know the, cou- the, 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 the couch is floating at one point like there's just things floating and there's a lot more stuff going on but uh, the yeah. floating is the important thing here because they keep talking about how this is gravity or, or electromagnetism or it's both and they're intermingling and at one point they even mm-hmm. compare themselves as to, to, to those two forces uh, not right. getting along. But that night, it's New Year's Eve and there's fireworks outside and John wakes up, he's floating, but he's hit the ceiling. But because Levi presumably was out in the fire escape, he mm-hmm. John runs outside and you, do, you just see what looks like a figure floating in front of the moon. Like he's went up that yeah. high. Uh, and then you find out after that 
his body seemingly crash landed on the beach that he usually visits and mm-hmm. john was given a box of ashes to to spread so that's your that's your I, big conclusion to the movie <laughs> yeah which honestly i have tons of thoughts on just by itself um specifically the idea that the way this movie is structured we don't actually know if anything paranormal was ever actually going on mm. because the idea that this crystal was floating as you said we saw a vfx artist theoretically working on it theoretically doing that a big portion of this is that they don't catch the stuff as it's happening so therefore they have to go back and recreate it and just pretend like it's the first time that this is actually happening and then about two-thirds into the movie as tensions start running high they actually lose lose a bunch of hard drives containing their footage up to that point and then they basically say like look we'll reshoot it all like so most of this movie at that point it feels like it's just all reshoots and recreations of things they say happened but we don't ever actually have visual proof of happening my problem with this discussing this is that you don't when you normally talk about a movie you don't have to talk about the authenticity of the things that happened because obviously it's not real in the sense that we're watching a movie but here we're in a world where this is something that they may have been made as a documentary and it's look i just i find it very hard to it's particularly the ending i I don't know how to interpret the ending where he floats up into space and crash lands to earth and dies as as going with everything else where nothing supernatural or science fiction actually happened so i'll tell you how i did it then okay which is the scene right before that is a massive fight between john and levi like they are just chewing each other out they're saying like Mm -hmm. john is just laying all these hurtful things in levi levi's doing the same back to john and they separate out they they split then we show that john goes downstairs back to his apartment there's that floating or sorry, there's an earthquake when he's down oh, no, in the garage. No, no, just a quick correction. He doesn't go back to his apartment because he said his apartment's been, I don't know, fumigated right. or something. So he has to stay in uh, Levi's bedroom. Right. So he goes down to the garage. There's an earthquake, which is a whole other thing that's going on. Long story short, when he does finally come back up, and that was after he floated, and he thinks John has floated away, this is after they've had a big fight. I honestly think that John might have killed him. And you think he's spinning his death as the supernatural conclusion to this this fantastical story. He was down at the beach where he likes spending time. We know that this beach has been revealed to John already. I think that Levi just went down to the beach on his own accord to like chill out, cool down. John followed him, killed him, and then just spinning this whole thing is like, nah, he flew up into the sky and just dropped down. It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, which would tie into the whole... They talk about Ellie a lot. They talk about the magical little moments you see in Ellie. And obviously, mm. Ellie's Hollywood. And you've you got the whole, like, smoke and mirrors and everything's fake. Yep. And all, all those themes that are kind of running through. There's this running thing where there's planes that always go overhead where they live. And it mm. feels like the planes are getting lower every time they go over. And they even theorize at one point that the gravity effects of whatever this is at their building is yeah. causing the planes to get closer to the ground as they fly over. Which, you know, and then, you know, it gets into the shapes, it gets into this, like, this sequence of triangles, which John starts seeing in every street corner in the city, and looks into it, and they eventually find, like, oh, this this apartment building was built in this shape in in 1908, and don't get me started, in 1908, the number, which pops up, right? 1908 pops up as a number, which happens to be tattooed on Levi's fingers but he's like no no, that's not a year that's the number of days i was in a a mental health institute as a teenager yeah and it's like okay so that's something to bring up but then it's like oh but 1908 is also a frequency on the radio to listen to at one point oh 1908 is also this other thing 1908 (laughs) is also this number that corresponds to this this guy built stuff in la and all these buildings that were built in 1908 they line (laughs) up with the triangle it's it's all here it's all connected (laughs) I have a favorite one is when they eventually get two different numbers from different things and it looks like coordinates it's you know mm-hmm. uh, longitude and latitude and Levi says well how did you know which one was which and he's like well I didn't but the other way around is the middle of the Pacific Ocean so this this one that's near where we are we can drive to it feels like the one 
Yeah, it's not it's not even the middle of the Pacific Ocean. It's specifically Point Nemo, which is <laughs> the far like the point on Earth where you are farthest from land, no matter what. Like there is nothing around you at that point, which seems more interesting to me than oh, this random <laughs> desert here in LA. And they find like a a shack that's half you know torn down and mm-hmm. a, a manuscript that's redacted except a zip code. Yeah. Well, it may be a zip code. It's five numbers. I mean, they, that's what they think it is. They make it a zip code because he's like, that's the zip code where my beach is. And that billboard is also my beach, which actually brings up a, a great thing that I love in this uh, movie and the way that they portray John is like I said, John is a conspiracy theorist. John is seeing these triangles and these numbers, and he's laid out this entire narrative in his head about the like brotherhood of Pythagoras and how it's this ancient secret society that was like building LA throughout the centuries and stuff like that. It's this crazy whack job thing. But whenever Levi gives a suggestion or comes to some conclusion, he's like, don't be an idiot. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, no, that's wrong because that's the way conspiracy theorists minds work. They've already made up their mind as to what the finished story is and all clues either have to fit with that story or they're just fake. They're just wrong. Yeah, I think, you know, on some level, I think my just not being into what this was doing for the majority of the runtime is is just down to the... I, I sat down to watch a science fiction movie right. and I got a weird meta, double meta narrative about you know, conspiracy theories. <laughs> like that, yeah. That's what I got instead. And I just, I was never that... At, like into it no i i get that and i'm honestly after this was all said and done i don't think it is much of a sci-fi movie i think obviously yeah. there's a way to read it where it is a sci-fi movie but it is far more focused on the idea of like conspiracy theories and these I mean, parodying it, these documentaries on these paranormal aspects if you assume it all happened for real and yeah. that doesn't necessarily delegitimize any of the like other things it's doing Mm-hmm. Uh, except to say well something creepy really did happen and like you know we should get to the bottom of that <laughs> yeah but like i especially love that they do little cutaways in here that basically show you they had an idea as to the story they want to tell for instance there's this cut we keep on getting to that involves visual effects of like this fire exploding out of this closet that they keep coming back to mm. and they're like fighting it back and they're trying to get whatever evil forces in there out it just doesn't come up because they, by the time they hit that point in the story, they realize like, oh, it doesn't well, make sense here anymore. Think, so we're just going to leave it on the cutting room That goes floor. back to what I was saying, though, about thinking that we're not watching the documentary for most of the movie. Because mm. I was I was reading moments like that as glimpses of what they in their heads thought this documentary was going to be when it was done. It was going to be this epic thing mm. where they're fighting this fire back. And this mundane thing we actually are watching is just the reality of, of what's happening. Mm. Uh so I think for me, that's why I was leaning more into, no, no, we're watching just what actually happened for most of the movie, but we're seeing glimpses of the, the grandeur that they're like hoping right. to have in the final product, uh, which obviously never really kind of amounts to anything. And I think the, the ending, which, you know, after like the final interview stopped and it's just John on his own sort of posing by the door and it's like, oh, this is just kind of pathetic. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. it, kind of, it kind of felt like the conclusion to everything we'd been seeing. Uh, it's just kind of the sad ending. Uh, I mean, you know, they go into Levi's backstory a lot. There's like a, a whole moment where he finds out Levi's a, a registered sex offender. But when he asks what he actually did, he's like, I was pissing on a wall and it turned out to be the wall of like a, a nursery. A closed down daycare. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, oh, that's just, that's just a unfortunate coincidence. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, so that, that's that. But okay, you've had other criminal records in the past, though. And it's like, he doesn't want to talk about it. We find out later that he helped his sister uh, try and steal something from a construction site. And mm-hmm. it led to her death. And then we don't actually find out until very, very late on when John's arguing with him, where he implies that Levi only helped her with that because he felt guilty about getting her addicted to drugs which again the addiction right. theme comes back in but this idea that his sister ended up dead because he you know gave her her first hit of whatever it was that that led right. to that so you know um i think 
I think the addiction theme makes a lot of sense. I mean, uh, regardless of everything we've said about what this movie mm-hmm. is, I think the addiction theme works with all the interpretations because conspiracy theories are kind of addictions. They kind of like oh, really yeah. hook into them and it becomes this way of life and something they care about. Yeah, that's the part where John, every time the Levi says like, hey, I, I gotta go, I gotta leave, I, I'm not good here anymore, I'm out. He just keeps coming back with like, you're gonna leave now? right before we're, we're done with this. And he does that like four times and they're never done with it each and every time. Oh, never. Yeah. 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 So it is just the thing that keeps going because there's always in John's mind, one more thing that can be uncovered. There's always that extra little link you can put forward until eventually it's no longer about the crystal floating in the apartment. It has nothing to do with that. It's just entirely something separate. I mean, that's still happening, but although it, 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 does, it does stop for a while at one point, like, you know, it, it kind of goes quiet for a while and, like, Levi's finally going to leave towards the end. And then mm. it's when they start fighting where it really starts to ramp up. Which maybe kind of even suggests that all of this is tied to, like, them and their yeah. their emotions well, and their whatever. There's a thing at the very beginning of the movie that they set up, which is the crystal floats whenever Levi's in the room. And it gives off that light pattern whenever John is in the room. Yeah. And whenever they step out, like, one of those things goes away. So, and it, I think it is also important to note, though, that it doesn't give off the light unless it's floating for the most part. Like, every once in a while it does, but it seems like it always needs to float in order for the light to happen. Am I correct mm. in that? Uh, I don't know. I just think it's, I I so. just think it's an extra little tack on there where it's like yeah john's part of this is important because john's the one with the light part but in the end the interesting thing is levi being able to make this rock float that's the part that's much more interesting than it makes a cool geometric pattern on the wall yeah i mean maybe it's saying that like it takes two to tango effectively like, it yeah. takes you know these two working together obviously it ends in tragedy it doesn't end in anything happy happening uh, mm-hmm. And they are button heads, you know. You know, as soon as those kind of awkward, because it, it always feels like kind of an awkward friendship, and you don't really know mm. where it's going. It is, it's interesting that uh, John, we find out quite early on, uh, has an ex-husband. He's gay, yes. but he's also mm-hmm. going to a church which has got crazy conspiracy ideas. Uh, mm-hmm. He also mentions that he's donate, donated like almost all of the fortune that he made. Well, he claims he made a fortune. Yeah, but did he? Who knows? Who knows? But he says he gave it all to his church. And is that starting to creep? And it also feels like he's maybe lying about things because early on he brings this book and says, I've had this book since I was in school and it's got these shapes that the the light was making on the wall. But then Mm. later on, Levi's looking inside it and there's a receipt which suggests that he only just bought it like right when he met him. Like after he saw the light patterns, he he saw the book in the store and went, oh, that's like what I saw on the wall. I'm finding meaning here. And then there's... um at one point it's very deep into the story to the point where whatever they're even investigating doesn't matter but he the voiceover says like oh yeah i was helping my ex out with something because he was at a low point and then we see a visual of what quote unquote was actually happening which is him getting a three thousand dollar check from his ex because he can't afford rent yeah i I would clock that up as another possible example of why we may be seeing what's really happening as opposed to the documentary i mean don't get me wrong I realized that that could be one of the editors that he's hired, like intentionally mm-hmm. doing that to make him look bad. But yeah. I, I could also then, see that as the reality. Yeah, but then it also raises the question as to why John would even let that be filmed in the first place. Like, it doesn't seem like something they would have the cameras around for, but... Exactly, that's why I, I'm saying it's reality. No, yeah, I'm not yeah. I'm not disagreeing. I do think there are some aspects of this that can only be explained with it being reality, but then there's also parts of this where, like, you see them doing multiple takes of, like saying that they're doing recreations of stuff you so do. in some yeah. aspect it does have to be some documentary footage as well well not not necessarily though because we could be seeing the real thing and then they're saying oh we didn't get that in tape though so we have to recreate it which is why i'm thinking we only see glimpses of the documentary stuff like, to me i yeah. feel like most of it is kind of happening but, but i don't think that necessarily does away with what we're talking about with them obsessing mm-hmm. over something that means nothing and you know all, all that crazy conspiracy stuff that all still works with that interpretation yeah. that said though i'm not dying in the hell on this because i could also oh, see no. them wanting having this three layers of meta narrative where 
what we're seeing is all the third version of a documentary that's been redone and redone. That's entirely mm. possible. I am not disputing that possibility. And honestly, I'll throw a fourth layer of meta on top of that, which is they made a in-universe documentary that makes absolutely no sense. Like, we can establish that that probably happened. I wouldn't be surprised if this movie is not supposed to be a very clear cut of what is real, what is fake, because it also wants it to not make sense mm. for us. Whether it is all documentary, all real, whichever way it goes, I don't think it's supposed to be able to be defined by the viewer because it's the same sort of thing that's going on in the in-universe version as well. I do, uh, just for one point to say, on both sides of things, whether it's real or fake, is when they are talking to the uh, people, like they bring in quote-unquote experts of, oh, okay, you were yeah. a geologist. What did you find? But geologist specifically says, like, I mean, we found some crystals, but, like, that's totally normal. The main concerning thing is that there's high amounts of chromium and lead in your area, <laughs> and that's, like, not okay mentally, dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and when I say that we're seeing reality, I do want to be clear. I don't necessarily think that means that we're seeing, or that it proves that what they were seeing was real. I'm saying mm. that in the same way that most movies will show you what a character who's seeing something is seeing, it'll look real on film in the sense that we're right. seeing their vision or their warped sense of reality. But, mm. you know, it's not... I'm, I'm, I, all I'm saying is I don't necessarily am convinced that it's the recreation that they try to fake later. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. But yeah, but I, I, but it is a good point, though. Like It's like, hey, this could be the lead in the air that's causing these hallucinations. Uh, yeah. uh, one of the other things that they, they theorize over is that the closet where the numbers are all written on is mm -hmm. always hot, as if something's coming from somewhere. Uh, and they start getting into theories about how this is like a interdimensional gateway or something. Right. And it, 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 it mutates the plant that's on the shelf to have mm -hmm. this weird fruit. And... He goes oh, to open yeah. it to eat it. He's like, oh, I'm going to eat this like interdimensional fruit. Like, If it kills me, I don't care. And then he opens it, and the way the seeds look, he's like, is that Morse code? Is this Morse code? The moment that anything in any medium whatsoever has Morse code in it, I immediately discredit it as even potentially being real. Because there's <laughs> nobody has ever used Morse code in like an interstellar sort of way. <laughs> I mean, I think it's fine if you establish that one, like two characters communicate with Morse code, but it's mm -hmm. uh, this is not that. This is seeing not, dots and dashes and a fruit. Yeah, not only is the fruit giving dots and dashes with its seeds, but then they go outside right afterwards, and like their electrical box across the street is also clanging in the Morse code. This is what gives them the coordinates to the yeah the coordinates the to the shack, and then when they finally get to the shack, like. They don't even get anything, really. There's there's nothing there that's of interest to them. They get a device that I thought was going to be used later mm -hmm. or something, but they, they never actually mm -hmm. do anything with it. Yeah, exactly. But that's what I'm saying, is I think this entire movie is built up of the idea that they had this grand idea as to this huge, multi-city-spanning conspiracy theory of secret societies and cults and all this stuff, and by the time that the movie hit, like, the hour 45 mark, the characters in the movie realized, like, yeah, we can't, we can't bundle this all together anymore, so we're just gonna, like, we're just gonna pick the floating Actually, thing and get that wrapped up. To, to, to go with the, uh, the, the John Kill Levi at the end, mm -hmm. like, I would almost argue to say that we're seeing more or less reality, and then Levi... Because they're realizing oh, all this is kind of like meaningless and we have no answers for anything, you could almost read it as John kills Levi to give an ending to the story because now yeah. the floating thing killed someone and therefore I have an ending to my documentary now. It has a conclusion. <laughs> and I mean, if we're even going to go one level deeper to that, are we sure Levi's even dead? Like we had a quote unquote image, we had a Polaroid or something mm -hmm. like that that seemingly proved that, but there's nothing to say that there was a whole part where John says, yeah, you know, I'd like to think that he went out to Idaho or Utah or something and started his lease, but he didn't. He's definitely dead. Here's some ashes that prove it. And it's like they're ashes. There's no way to prove that. 
Yeah. I'd like to think if the documentary was released in-universe that someone would go looking for him <laughs> if he is alive yeah. and find him, but, you know. You'd like to think, yeah. Uh, maybe that's just wishing for too much. I don't know. Uh, I think, I guess, like, when I look at the movie as a whole and I'm, I'm thinking... Like, I wasn't just that engaged with it. And I think it's because it doesn't really lend itself to an actual narrative in the traditional sense. And mm -hmm. I feel like you could have made all these points and these jokes about this type of conspiracies and stuff probably in, like, a 15-minute short. It didn't yeah. need to be a two-hour movie. And I think that's where I'm maybe feeling, like... I just... I don't feel, I feel a compelling narrative that's going through. I think you feel just how bullshitty it is and at a certain point you realize that's kind of intentional but by the end i don't think that necessarily makes for a compelling start to finish movie experience yeah i'd agree i, I didn't think that at any point in here was i sitting down and i was like gripped by the narrative i was more or less just taking the jokes taking these insane situations as they came at me and enjoyed it for that but no I, I wouldn't say it's an engaging experience in any regard i did it felt like more like it felt more like an snl sketch movie where they had like a really good core idea that they used on a sketch and then they just stretched it out to be a feature that, that's film. what i'm saying a, a sketch that's five minutes long i think would have been mm -hmm. a better thing than a full movie uh, I, that's it i did like the scene and this goes into the whole reading too much into things where <laughs> there's a knock at the door and john jumps up and grabs a knife and Levi goes to the door, he opens it slowly, he, he picks up a package, he's like, it's a book. And John goes, someone left us a book? And he's like, a delivery driver left us a book because I ordered it from Amazon. And John just yells out, I almost killed a delivery driver! <laughs> yeah. And it's just hard cuts. Love it. Yeah, I did enjoy that scene because that, that kind of like painted to the absurdity of like everything they were saying and how much they were reading into things. And if you do read the ending as John actually killed Levi, then you could maybe read this as like a, like, mm -hmm. well, he was ready to stab someone in this scene. <laughs> oh, yeah, he is not mentally okay. Oh, uh, yeah. But he constantly gaslights Le uh, Levi into thinking he's the one that's more, like, troubled. Yeah, but as soon as he brings up that receipt... Uh... They're driving out into the desert, and John says, like, hey, man, stop being paranoid. Nobody Which likes actually, somebody paranoid. I'd forgotten about this, but now I'm thinking about it. That when they first meet each other, John's got what looks like blood down his shirt. Yeah. And they don't mention it for a couple of minutes, but eventually Levi's like, hey, dude, what, what, what's, with the, what's with the blood? And he gives this explanation that it's like a, it was like a, he was at like a wedding or something, and it was like a goth wedding, and they had all the drinks were blood red, and he got, mm -hmm. he got splashed with one. And... Yeah, I mean, I think that's a very prominent detail to introduce in the character introduction for it not to be a seed that maybe he is capable of doing something bad, that he's capable of killing someone. Yeah, and there's even a part immediately around that scene where they say like, oh yeah, no, someone died in that apartment. That's It hasn't been rented out in 10 years because of it. And they also say that he's been living there for 10 years in the same downstairs apartment. So it sets up a lot of things to make you think John is just not okay to be around yeah but then it spends a lot of the movie gaslighting it to be the other way around where mm -hmm. he's worried about levi's criminal record and what he does and which i mean stuff. that's a big thing of conspiracy theorists is projection of it this idea of like well i know that i'm this bad so therefore everyone else must also be this bad because i can't be the weird one here so he keeps on prying into John or Levi saying like, oh, you have this criminal record. You're this horrible person. When in reality, it's just like, no, he's he's had one thing that was like complete who cares in terms of the pissing on a wall. And then, yeah, his sister died. That's a major issue for him. But that's not something that makes him a criminal. But even then, when you get to the end of the movie and Levi is being torn apart by John, John's bringing this stuff up as this it is like the smoking gun. He's like, yeah, you're a sex offender and you led your sister to kill herself. It's like, no, that's not what happened. But it's the way that Levi or that John is framing it throughout. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which it's, it's amazing that this movie's two hours long and I'm actually having a hard time thinking of more segments that are... Mm that are distinct enough to want to talk because there is a lot of 
repetition there's a lot of yeah like oh the, the crystal's floating again oh we walked out we walked back in it's floating again oh it's warm this time at one point they mentioned a snake skin like appeared on the floor mm-hmm. uh but didn't go into too much detail about it just oh there's, there must be a snake somewhere did that come through yeah. a portal in the closet <laughs> who knows oh well we haven't got to the music yet so oh, at one yeah. point the crystal starts uh mimicking what levi's playing on guitar he's playing he plays a little bit old to joy and then the crystal's like dee, 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 dee. And like oh wait wait what's that is that what, what, what is, it? is it playing backwards play more play more levi and they, they play more and it's it, it, it repeats it and then later on when john's on his own he actually sees the lights flashing in the closet he walks in and it's just straight up playing Ode to Joy at him uh, mm-hmm. as the lights are flashing around them. So, I mean, it's got visuals. It's got it's got moments oh, yeah. that I do remember in that sense. I mean, that was one of the things I set up very early on in the movie was basically they were they agreed that this paranormal thing was happening and then their immediate thought is, I mean, we got to tell people. We can get famous off of this. We can get rich off of this. And they say, like, well, we can't do a podcast because people only listen to podcasts. Uh, but then they try saying, well, maybe YouTube. And he's like, I don't understand the algorithm. Let's just make a documentary. Makes more sense. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, to be fair, a lot of conspiracy people do love to talk about it on YouTube. So maybe, yep. maybe John's just a little bit better than them. We'll do a proper documentary. We're going to be proper filmmakers. I would love to see like an ARG advertising campaign or something where John actually did have a YouTube channel and he's got like <laughs> hundreds of videos of just him ranting at the camera and they all have like six views. That that would be perfect. Yeah, that, that, yep. that, that, would, that would be phenomenal. Uh, yeah, the... There, there, it goes back again. There's a constant imagery, and this could also be the murder weapon, actually, that, since they set this up so much, mm. is that Levi, Levi has a has like a spear gun that he goes fishing with. He goes fishing in the ocean with a spear gun. And yeah. he talks about it a lot. He, he finds a skull that's got crystals on it at one point, which is where the zip code was, so he, he takes me into that. Yeah, they, they bring up this whole thing of geocaching and yes. how you type in like a code, 1908 in this case, and it gives you these different uh geocaches that people have set up and as john actually proposes it and says well, why'd you bring a fake skull what's that's the most i got to do with anything we're doing mm-hmm. and he's like what how do you know this is not important this, this is definitely part of all this mystery uh, but they repeatedly talk about the spear gun and levi levi has dreams of the spear gun and using it and mm-hmm. weird moments like that and so I'm just thinking that if if John did kill him, that could potentially be the the murder weapon. Like it is there? Yeah. It's in the apartment. Absolutely. I mean, I can't see. I I think it would depend on whether or not the spear gun was with him as he went down there, because he says he does like to go spear fishing down at this beach. So if he went down to the beach, it would make sense he would bring it. But I also throw out there that in the scene where theoretically he watched Levi float away, the crystal from the beginning was smashed on the ground and destroyed because it was also floating up. Oh, is it that so the murder it, weapon? It might have been because it would make perfect sense of, oh, well, it was destroyed. It no longer was functional. I don't know where it is. You can't test it for anything. <laughs> I know, that makes sense, too. Uh, the, the idea that the object they're obsessing over the whole time is, in fact, the murder weapon at the end of the story. Mm-hmm. That that would be thematically uh, And they do also pointed. bring up this idea that once he... Once John gets more into the concept of the cults and the secret societies and stuff that there was a woman just when like all of this started who OD'd across the street Mm. and they're saying, oh, maybe this stuff is like ritualistic. Maybe it needs a sacrifice. Actually, if John got really into it. Yeah. When he said that, I actually thought, oh, this is going to end with one of them sacrificing the other to like Mm -hmm. get, get it going again. Uh, And yeah, maybe the the sad truth is, is that he did sacrifice Levi and then nothing happened because it's all not real yeah <laughs> my favorite bit possible. though was actually was at the end where um they're still technically doing the interview with john as he's wrapping it all up and the interviewer basically says like so like what actually happened but why was the rock floating in your apartment and john is forced to admit there he's like i may have been off on some of my figures and he's like which figure specifically and he's like some of them <laughs> yeah i mean hell maybe he already 
I mean, like, it kind of plays as if John didn't know about this stuff until he sees the light in the apartment, but what if he, mm. what if the blood on his shirt was him just murdering the woman because he was already trying to, like, motivate it to doing stuff? Maybe he was already obsessed with it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that is a thing of the very beginning of this movie is Levi just basically waking up in the apartment. He said he didn't bring any stuff with him, which means that crystal was already in there yeah. when it began. It didn't belong to Levi. It's just been sitting in this apartment. So that could have been John, like, making up this whole long thing about it because he knew it was in there. And he's just been... As soon as he finally got into the apartment with Levi, he's like, oh yeah, this crystal thing. And, it's and to just, be fair... It makes these weird patterns on the wall. And to be fair, he very quickly offers, like, hey, I've got some spare furniture in, like, the, the storage. If mm -hmm. you, you know, he's like, that's a reason to go into his apartment to help him bring in the couch. And it's like, oh, yep. this is a reason to to react to it and to sort of rope him into all this. It's like the whole, the whole time you may actually stop and think about it. It's like, oh no, he really is kind of like bringing him into his one-man cult. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, possibly he, he, with the intention of eventually killing them to to re-trigger the, the whole thing to start over again. Yeah, I think if if Levi had stuck around, if he was like, no, yeah, I'm totally into whatever this crazy conspiracy theory you've got is. I'm, I'm all in on it. I don't think he would have killed him, but I think it's because mm -hmm. he kept on saying, I'm going to leave, I'm out of here, bye, that he just snapped and ended up killing Levi, which again, all completely subjective. We have no proof for that one way or the other. And every time I say, I really think this is what's happening, I feel like a character in this movie who's just trying to justify it based off of random threads that we are presented. Do you know what? I think that actually might be my biggest hold up of the movie is that because <laughs> it all may or may not be happening and it's kind of might be this meta level thing, regardless of how many levels deep you think it's going, okay. is that fundamentally the actual paranormal thing that's happening doesn't matter it's not important and I, yeah. therefore i can't get invested in what the mystery itself actually is because the mystery itself is kind of not the point and mm -hmm. it, i think for me i just i wanted to care about i wanted to care about a mystery i came into this movie wanted to care about a weird thing happening and like looking yeah. into it and theorizing and instead i'm mocking the characters for theorizing about in really dumb ways it's it's kind of a more weird shift on Ghostbusters, where Ghostbusters, obviously, you have this reveal in the world that, like, ghosts are real. That is, there is an afterlife, and we have actual proof of that. But then the movie itself is essentially about starting a small business. Like, it's about this idea of, like, how can we monetize the afterlife? It's not so much about exploring it, but it does it in such a fun, crazy way that, obviously, Ghostbusters is fantastic. But I think that this movie does the same sort of thing where it's like, okay, we've got proof of the paranormal to some extent, whatever we can actually say actually happened. But then the movie decides to focus on, well, let's focus on how we made a documentary about it rather than what is actually happening here that makes it this crazy mystery. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it definitely has some of those in the art house kind of things that it's going for, and mm -hmm. I, I, you know, it is intentionally kind of parodying them a little bit. But mm -hmm. at the same time, I'm still watching that stuff play out without kind of. I, okay, I'll put it this way. So if you look at something else, uh, let's say let's take Galaxy Quest, right? Very different okay. movie, but it is parodying Star Trek. It is a parody of Star Trek, but ultimately it still kind of loves Star Trek and it's very endearing about how it does so. It's still got a lot of heart to it. So you still mm -hmm. get to enjoy the adventure of it, if that makes sense. Whereas here, all the things they're talking about, you don't really get to enjoy that for what it is as well on top of the meta parading of talking about these kind of things. So it, it doesn't have the... It has many meta levels, but it doesn't work on the same amount of levels as something else, mate. Yeah. I, I guess... I mean, I agree and I disagree in that... I agree that it doesn't do a good job of like giving you the heart of that mystery, but I also don't think that that was ever the intention. I think that when well, you're saying Galaxy Quest parodied Star Trek, this isn't parodying the sort of found footage paranormal activity level of stuff. This is parodying the QAnon conspiracies. This is parodying the Bigfoot documentaries. This is parodying something where the mystery doesn't matter as much as the documentary itself and getting the name out there, getting the people in front of the camera there. There's one character that even specifically says like, okay, well, if you cared so much about the mystery, if you cared so much about the phenomena going on, 
why are you guys playing yourselves in the recreation? Uh, like, it's all about just them trying to get yeah, fame and fortune for this. Yeah, so it's the, 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 the desire for fame, it's the desire for their own success, all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. No, I, I get that, but I, I think that's where I say, yeah, it'd be better off as a like a sketch or oh, a, yeah. a, a short film that sort of got that point across but didn't make you sit through two hours of it, hoping <laughs> for it to be more meaningful than that. And I don't yeah. think it necessarily has enough meat to make me care about it enough as a two-hour movie. So I, I'm a bit more lukewarm and kind of in the middle on it, I would say. That's fine. I mean, I've spent a lot of time just in my downtime watching a lot of video essays and stuff like that on YouTube. Luckily, I have never gone down one that is like full crazy conspiracy theory stuff. Mm. But the more poorly made ones, the ones that are just people who have an idea, have something that they think is interesting, and then they kind of just backfill all the details to get there. This reminded me a lot of those. So it was nice to see it parodied so perfectly where it's someone who just goes in with a hundred different things, and then by the end they're like, and now I hope I've proved to you that this thing was real, despite the fact that half the things they were talking about had nothing to do with the original. Yeah. I've not watched a lot of that sort of stuff. Maybe that's why this isn't quite... Like, I'm not finding yeah. this as funny. I think you did. I, I was I kind mean, of maybe, just amb- yeah. ambivalent towards it. And I'm like, okay. I will also, I will also say that uh, a lot of the IMDb reviews, at the very least, are saying either, yeah, you know, this is good to see that uh, QN and conspiracy level stuff, or... They're coming down on the side of this is the weakest one out of the filmography of these mm. guys. So I wonder how much of it is I went into it completely blank, having not seen syn- Synchronicity or whatever it was, like any of those. Synchronic. Uh, Synchronic. And The Endless. Yep. And they did and one the before Endless. The Endless that we haven't done, so I mean, we'll get to that at some point. But it was yeah. actually like a prequel to The Endless, which is interesting. Yeah, that's one thing. As soon as I was done this movie, I just do what I always do, and I went in and checked the uh, trivia just to see if there was anything interesting there. And mm-hmm. every single one of the trivia is basically saying, this is a reference to their previous movie. And I'm like, oh, okay. I I didn't know that. And there was nothing to say that it was, but all right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, honestly, uh, oh, and also I've seen Spring. Spring is very different, though. Spring is actually one that we did in streams because it's, it's leaning more horror, but it's actually mm. more of a romantic horror movie. Uh which, okay. which was it was interesting. It was it was a solid solid movie, uh, but yeah, honestly, yeah, I think out of all the movies I've seen from Benson and Moorhead, this is my least favorite. I think it's the one that just did not click with me as much. And I don't think any other movies are like amazing. I think they're kind of like knocking on the door. Like all of their mm. movies are kind of endearing because they you know they feel like they're inventive young filmmakers. They're trying to make interesting genre movies, and yeah. I've I've sort of appreciated them all to a certain extent. This is the one that I definitely like the least, though, for whatever, you know, you want to take that for. So, uh, I guess we're ready to rate the movie, so uh, would you like to rate sure. Something in the Dirt? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot of ratings to compare to on Ace yet, I'm still building that up, but I would say that this one, just through a first watch through, it's a six. I don't think that it did anything too amazingly out there to earn it any better than that but i do think it is above the average i do think that it is doing some interesting things and maybe again it's just me who i've sat down and watched some of the crazier side of youtube trying to put out a 45 minute long video essay as to why like spongebob doesn't actually talk in the show or something like crazy off the wall stuff like that but it it got that same level of crazy, unfocused, just raw conspiracy theory out there. And it was fun to see it have to be challenged in the way of like, okay, but you still need an ending. How are you supposed to do that? And they just dropped all of the other threads and said, and he floated off and died. The end. So yeah, I'll give it a six. I was expecting a little bit higher because you, you did seem to come in a bit more positive, but... Uh, for for me, I, I think I am probably just going to give it a five because I do feel really conflicted on it. it. It like I can like everything you've said to me about what you saw, and I can kind of see what you're saying, and I can appreciate mm-hmm. that it's there. But fundamentally, I still feel myself kind of like, oh, when's this ending? Like, when, when are we getting to yeah. the end? I, I wasn't into it. So, yeah. well, I mean, that's the part I was trying to say is I didn't engage with this movie as a narrative. 
there was no point in this mm. where I was like, as the characters, I was interested to see where they would go, how they would wrap up. That was not what this movie was for me. This movie was far more the so I don't want to say the same sort of level as like date movie and epic movie kind of parodies, but it's that sort of idea where the story doesn't matter. It's more about the form of it, the more about how it's presented which, than which, what's actually happening. Which is why I think uh, a 10 minute thing was a, would have yeah. done the trick rather than a yeah. full two hour movie. But hey, uh, so one of the ongoing things here at the end of the show now, for at least for the time being, <laughs> is David's yep. homework where he's going back and catching up on previous movies that we did on the Ace before he joined the show. Yep. So he does not tell me in advance what his homework movie was, but he'll give his quick thoughts and we'll uh, see what this is. So uh, what was your homework movie, David? Well, you know I really try to keep these things as closely related as possible, but I do have to watch a bunch of 80s movies before we do a countdown of 80s movies. So I thought, you know what really strikes me as close to this 2022 mockumentary of a paranormal event? E.T. the Extraterrestrial. You must have seen this before. E.T.? Yes, I have seen yeah. it before, but it has been at least two decades, so I had okay. to go back and do it again. Um, it's E.T. I mean, it's good. It's great. It's it's fantastic. It is a childhood, heartwarming thing. It's essentially a modern-day fairy tale where everything is super simplistic. You got good guys, you got bad guys, and it just works you through this childlike wonder of finding an alien in your backyard and the wacky, crazy adventures you get up to. I will say watching it back now, not having seen it in like two decades, I'm actually surprised with how fast paced it really is. I, I expected there to be more scenes of like E.T. doing crazy off the wall things and like using his abilities that he has to like cause chaos and whatnot. But really, there's like two scenes of that. And then we just kind of naturally lead into what the third act's going to be i mean so, you're saying it's a well-paced movie you're so used to movies that are poorly paced these days yeah pretty much <laughs> that's what it is i was i was i'm 100 expecting like the thing that i see on tiktok and whatnot where it's just like off to the side there's something to keep my attention mm. it's just some sort of minecraft playthrough yeah i mean i grew up on et and when we did it for the show it'd been a while since i watched it and i found you know what well, this is this is better directed and stuff than i think mm -hmm. it's not that i didn't think it was but it's just more that i hadn't seen it since i was more perceptive to that kind of thing and uh yeah, yeah found, found it to be a really solid movie it's not my favorite spielberg by any means but uh no yeah, it's very very good yep um beyond that i think the other part that kind of got me was having not watched this in two decades i didn't realize how like exactly beat for beat the kids plot of season one of stranger things was just et like 100 percent. it was the exact same plot for like most of it um not that that's a bad thing on either side but i just I was I, at every single cue. I was like, I remember that being in Stranger Things and that being in Stranger Things. Huh, weird. Um, and then the other aspect I really liked about it was the the brother, the older brother, Mikey. It's so easy nowadays for the older brother to just be like purely antagonistic right up until the point where it matters. And then he comes around just like, you can't mess with my brother like that. And he just suddenly is the good guy. I think this movie did a fantastic job of showing that, yeah, they're arguing and bickering like siblings, but like he's always throughout the movie, he's got his brother's back. He's never felt like he's mm -hmm. an actual antagonist the whole way through, which is, I think, something that's been lost in more modern movies because it is a bit more complex of a role to fill. Mm -hmm. Anyway, all that said and done, uh, I'd say this E.T. is a solid nine. I can't really see anything that is super wrong with it the biggest thing is that i just didn't grow up with it as close to me i saw it maybe two or three times across my childhood and then just never again so i'm missing out a little bit of that like bringing me back to my childhood days just because it wasn't really there as i was growing up but it That's is fair. a solidly made film yeah i mean you give it a nine i don't think you have to qualify that too much like i think people who grew hey. up with it may still just give it a nine I gave Alien a 9.5, and I had to qualify that. 
Well, yeah, because it's a masterpiece, perfect, and you you, you weren't respecting the perfection. Yeah. Respect That's the perfection, you son of a bitch. Uh, Sorry. But there you go. Yes. So David will be back with another homework movie on the next episode, which mm-hmm. is The Road Warrior Mad Max 2. So we'll see you next time for that. But as I said mm-hmm. at the start of the show, you can get bonus content over on patreon.com slash TV or via YouTube memberships if you'd rather do it that way. Uh, but there's two bonus shows that me and David do specifically. We do the Criterion Cut, which is where we review a movie from the Criterion Collection, and we do Extra Reels, a movie show where we do some of the worst things ever made. And it's torture mm. and sometimes funny, but uh, you can check out that. Uh, there's also bonus for other shows. We have a horror movie podcast called Screams After Midnight that I do with Tim, and that's got a bonus episode every month and some other extras here or there. So go and check it out if you're interested and just help support the content, keep it all coming. Uh, but that is us so thank you once again for joining us we appreciate it keep watching science fiction and computer at salsa